0: Hello, I'm Natalie Goldberg, and welcome to Education from an Equal. Today, we're going to be discussing the experiences of queer BIPOC, and I have some friends on to talk about it. I think that the intersectionality of these two identities is something that is really important, so I'm very excited to share this with you today. So if you guys want to introduce yourselves, that would be awesome.
1: Hi, my name is Annabelle, and I'm a junior at Sunset High School. My pronouns are she, her, and I identify as lesbian or bisexual. I don't really know. And I am Chinese-American.
2: Hi, my name is Presley Rayling Monlong. I am a junior at Sunset High School. I identify as pansexual. My pronouns are she, her, and I am... Uh biracial Asian American. My name is Snegda. I am a junior in
3: high school. I am an Indian American and I identify as she, her. And I identify as pansexual as well.
4: Uh, my name is Amaya Suarez. I'm a sophomore. My pronouns are she, her, and I identify as bisexual. I'm also biracial, black and white.
0: Okay, awesome. So I'm just going to get right into the questions. How did you figure out what being queer meant? And how did you figure out that you were queer?
2: Okay, I guess I can start us off. Um, I didn't really have a point, like a specific point where it's like, oh, I like women. But it kind of just is always that way. My friend group uh, in elementary school, it happened around elementary school, we were all very kind of like, We were definitely, like, the gay kids of the group, of, like, our entire elementary school, which was kind of bad because we lived in the South. But, I don't know, around that time, I just was kind of figuring out. It was also when I was, like, first exposed to the internet, so that was really, like, a good making point because it was, like, oh, this is something that, like, people can be. And, I don't know, around that time, I was, like, hey maybe I'd want to date a woman or maybe I want to date anyone like gender doesn't matter. And yeah, so it's around
4: that time. Um, I think we all know this story mostly. I was watching the music video for take me to church. And, uh, I realized that that was possible for two people who are the same gender to kiss and, you know, be in love and my friend did not think that that was okay. And so that's when I realized it was also, it was real, and then also that it was not very liked. And then I was like, hey, I want to kiss girls. And then I did it. That's my story pretty much. I can go next.
3: (laughs) Okay. Um, One of my earliest memories in elementary school is me asking my best friend if it was legal for women to marry women because, like, boys are gross, right, and literally from that moment forward, I kind of mentally decided that's what I'm gonna do, I didn't put a name to it until seventh grade, when I was, like, scouring Pinterest, and I realized that, you know, gay people exist, and I was like, wait, this is not normal, I was like, oh, okay, and then I was like, wait a minute, I'm pansexual, and then I just continued living my life, like, there was never a decided, like, a decisive moment, but that's, like, one of the, earliest memories
1: I have. Okay, so I found out about gay people in general through like fan fiction. Um particularly this the one with um it was Harry Potter fan fiction with Draco and Harry. It Literally ideal
0: pairing drary I
1: <laughs> didn't I didn't even like realize that could be possible but my eyes were opened. And then I'm always kind of like I don't know. I've thinking back on it, I've had like definitely had crushes on girls before, but I thought it was just like, oh, I really like this best friend because I didn't know that like girls could like girls. And then I met um, some like openly bisexual or lesbian girls in
0: like my
1: middle school, and it kind of helped me realize that like, yeah, it's okay to be gay
0: are you out to your family and like all of your friends or just some of your friends and if you are how did they react to that
4: um i'm out to my family and friends um well actually so some of my florida friends not really my friends anymore for mostly this reason but i i said something in a group chat about like i was like oh gonna go hang out with some chicks wish me luck or something like something like that that i was just joking around and he was like oh you're joking right like you're not actually gonna like try to date a girl and i was like no i'm not joking and he was like oh that's kind of weird though and then he he, (laughs) oh i think i think his exact words were um i'm really hoping that you're joking because if you were actually gay then you'd be like annoying and shit about it and i was like huh what and then that was the last time that we talked. So, Florida boys. Oh, but my friends here are really my friends here are really great about it. They're actually supportive. <laughs> Love my friends Florida here. Florida
3: Boys sounds like a hit single. That's all I have to say. A
4: horrible hit single.
3: Okay, oh. uh, my family is aware that I am interested in people who aren't just boys. They're not exactly super comfortable with it yet so we don't discuss it it's not like something I can casually drop and I am in fact like seeing someone right now but I wouldn't have told them if it was a boy or a girl so like that doesn't impact anything but yeah I mean it's not uncomfortable shut up Presley (laughs) it's not uncomfortable by any means they love me very much and I know I have their support but I think as long as I like have children they'll be okay and I do want to have children so that's great
0: Did it take them, like, a while to come around to it, or were they immediately, like, oh, okay? I don't
3: think they've still accepted it. It's kind of like I've been, like, saying, oh, girls are hot since, like, youth. So they've – it's not, like, that big of a deal. I've been, like, dropping hints for, like, since middle school, I guess, where if I was to date a girl, like, how would you feel? And they weren't the most receptive, but they also like weren't, I would throw you out of the house if you do that. Like you disrespect us. Like that wasn't the case at all. So I know it wouldn't like offend them by any means, but they are like still coming around to it.
2: I think basically everyone knows that I am not straight. Like, I don't know if it's just like the everything about me, but I mean, (laughs) it's pretty well known. Like I was telling people this stuff in like middle school which was like, you know, peak time to be a pansexual woman. But I think my parents know they, that was a fun conversation. It was, I'll tell you the whole story. It was like before sixth grade, we were just chilling out on our back patio. And I don't know what brought the conversation on, but they were like, so what do you like women? And I was like, yeah, I identify as like pansexual. I say as a little sixth grade girl and they're like oh okay because they're fine with it they're very like open and welcoming to stuff my uncle is in fact gay and is dating someone right now but I've also like dated women before and they were a little bit weird about it just kind of like just because like that's how they were raised they don't really understand it like I remember one time I like broke up with this guy or something and my dad's like, So are you straight now? And I was like, No, I am not. I, I still like women just because I was dating a man. And he was like, Oh, okay. But I'm <laughs> I really like I don't want to say like I'm blessed, but like I'm lucky to have like such open parents who are welcoming to what I am and what I identify as.
1: Um, so I am not out to my parents. And, like, to be quite frank, they're pretty homophobic because they're, like, traditional Chinese parents. So, like, I've always not been, like, the most, like, feminine girl, I guess, growing up. And so, like, I think my mom kind of knows a little bit just because, like, moms can kind of tell. But, like, she really um, does not like the idea of gay people. And, like, so what changed from last podcast was I think she read my texts on like my phone, so, um, and it was like a really gay conversation, (laughs) not like, it was like talking about like being gay and stuff, and so I I think like she really knows, but we haven't talked about it at all, and like, I don't know, my plan for coming out is just like, if I ever do date a girl, then I'll just tell them, but if I, I don't know, I might just be single for a long time, (laughs) so like, I don't know, I don't know what my plan is. I don't think they would kick me out but they honestly I like, don't really see a world where like especially my dad would come be like come to terms with his daughter being gay. Maybe my mom though I don't know.
0: What if they like said or done that makes you like that makes you know that they're homophobic and stuff?
1: Um so like my dad has a gay coworker, and they just like belittle him like all the time and like whenever I try to I don't know, I want to defend him, but then I'm like scared of them like starting the conversation of like, are you gay? So I don't know. And like every time my mom, like there was um there was an ad on this like Chinese TV show that we watched, which is kind of shocking because like Chinese media is pretty conservative, but it was like, um, there were like two women kissing and it was like, oh, love everybody. And my mom was like, they really don't need to do that. That's so nasty. And I was like, hmm, okay.
2: I'm, I'm sorry, that that's really sad, Annabelle. Yeah,
0: that is super I, sad.
2: I think I lied. Uh, I'm actually not out to everybody because a lot of my family is very religious and conservative. So I'm out to one extended family member, and that was my cousin. And it was a very fun experience because it was during the Christmas like get-together. Everyone's in the house. We're sitting on opposite couches of each other, and I just text her as like, hey, I'm dating this girl. And then she just looked up at me and nodded. So I'm out to one person in my family. Oh,
0: that's good. Okay, so the next question is, how is queerness viewed within your culture and how did that impact you either coming out to your family or not coming out or even like learning about it at all? Like just how did that impact your identity?
4: Um, I, I don't really, I feel like I'm not really close to any specific culture. Of course, like, I do have roots in, like, Jamaica, and then, like, my dad is Italian, and um, I have all that, but, like, I'm not really, um, like, my family isn't, like, subject to, like, anything where they're, like, oh, no, you can't do this because of, like, this certain thing that, like, runs in our family, but, like, I don't really have any connection heavily to culture where it would have my family not, I guess support me in that way definitely down like the line of my family more extended family probably but i i refrain from talking to them so
3: (laughs) (laughs) i didn't start like viewing how india views homosexuality until like the past two years because i didn't think that it had that big of a role in my life here in america because i do have a huge disconnect from my extended family and the way I live my life here. So it wasn't until like, I started like dropping these hints with my parents that I'm not straight, that I started like, looking more into it. And I think recently India like blocked the ban to legalize same-sex marriage. It's like a really interesting situation because it's not illegal, it's not a crime, but they also refuse to recognize it. So India is a very, very homophobic culture multiple murders just not a fun place to be but I don't know if that I know it has an impact on my parents obviously and how they view pride and I guess LGBTQ community but as an individual it's like it doesn't have as much of an impact because like as Amaya said I don't talk to those people it's a weird it's a weird place to be when you have like extended family who like are so far removed from your day-to-day life
1: Yeah, I mean, like, my story is pretty much the exact same as thing does. Like, in China, homosexuality is, like, really, really looked down upon. So my parents grew up pretty homophobic, and, like, I honestly don't blame them, because they've been, like, it's just been, like, pounded into their heads from, like, day one. And so, yeah, I feel sad that, like, I'll never be able to really connect with my grandparents about it. But, um, yeah.
0: Have either of you dealt with, like, internalized homophobia because of this?
3: I haven't because I didn't again like I didn't think it was a problem like I didn't think that it was like wasn't the default to not like both genders it wasn't until I was older that I was like oh this like actually is a point of controversy and I'm a lot more careful about it I think I deal with a lot of like internal hatred for India as opposed to internalized homophobia because it conflicts so much with my values as like as a person at the LGBTQ community, but like, it's just, it's weird because I have so much of my life spent like trying to eradicate that part of my life and then recognizing that and then learning that, wait, that's wrong too. But again, like you get to pick and choose the parts of your culture that you want to carry on. And so I think there's power to be taken from that as well.
1: I had like, well, I don't know if it was like internalized homophobia, I just straight up didn't think that Asians could be gay. Like, it didn't hit me until, like, middle school. Because I I was aware of, like, white gay people, like Joey Graceffa. I remember seeing him on YouTube and stuff. I was like, hmm. So then I thought, like, oh, white people can be gay. But then um, I met a friend. Her name is Ali. And, like, she came out to bisexual to me in middle school. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I had to rethink my whole life. Yeah,
0: that's really interesting. That's like kind of like a representation thing, like seeing all of the like white gays, like, like you said, Joey Graceffa (laughs) and like Tyler Oakley, and like there's not a lot of like queer people of color like represented on those Mm -hmm. big platforms. I mean, there might be now, but like when we were younger, my story is a lot like
2: Amaya since I'm biracial and don't really have strong ties to like most of my culture because. My grandmother, she came over during World War II. So she was very much like, oh, got to get rid of everything Japanese about me. So she didn't get hate crimes. So my family doesn't really have a, like me and my dad, don't have a strong ties to like our Japanese culture. And my grandpa, he's from Indonesia. He never told us anything. Like he lies about how old he is. So we don't know a lot about that side. And my mom was adopted, so we don't really know a lot about, like, that side of the family either. So, like, I guess that might have just helped me, like, be more open, because I didn't really have any cultural things telling me, like, oh, you can't be that, or it's like, oh, you can't like women. It's just kind of like, oh, I can be whatever I want, except
0: for, like, all the homophobia around me. But that's fine. How has your experience being a queer, black, indigenous, or person of color differed from simply being queer or simply being?
1: Um, I think it has
3: to go with like what Annabelle said, like you don't have the representation, so you have no idea how, you have no models like around you, how culture and religion plays in with your sexuality, because there's nothing around you besides, I guess, Christianity typically. That's, like, the number one gay story. How do I balance being into the same sex while dealing with my very religious family? Like, there's no way to do that when you are a person of color or Black or Indigenous, I guess. So that's, like, the number one thing I'd say because you don't have anything to learn from and you have no, like, platform to kind of discuss these issues with. But at the same time, it also, like, it, it works... In, I guess, both ways, it solidifies you. It unites you as a community, but it also separates you because you have no way to communicate with each other. It's a unique position.
2: For me, it's kind of just, like, uh, since I'm not, like, super with my culture, it's just kind of, like, oh, another thing. It's just, like, not to be, like, making light of it, but it's kind of just, like, pick your struggle. So it's, like, you're a woman, you're... <laughs> uh by poc you're queer like it's just like just one thing on top of another so i'm kind of just like used to it at this point it's like oh i'm just gonna be oppressed for everything about me and i don't know it's just kind of like at this
4: point it's not not anything that i actually think about in a way that it might affect me is um, other people who are the same ethnicity as me, who are like, you're, what's wrong with you? Like, you should be this way. It's like, you know, and then they'll be like, oh, you're a fake black person because you're like, you have white in you. And also like, you're like not straight. What is wrong with you? And then like, just getting like hate from inside your own community is very difficult because it's like, hey, we're kind of like in the same boat here. You should like support me too and they, they don't really care, so.
0: Have you experienced but- a lot of, like, homophobia from the community, like,
4: around you? In Florida, yes, but I was not very out in Florida at all because I knew I would probably get hate-crimed, and um, I didn't really want that, you know, I don't think anybody really wants to get hate-crimed. But, um, yeah, some people around me, and also like just not being out around some people and having them like talk about other, um, like just in general, like black indigenous people of color who, um, who were queer. And they would say such negative things and say that stuff about, like, their religion and say stuff about, like, just their culture and be like, oh, they're this and they should not be queer. Like, that's so wrong and disgusting. And you just kind of have to be like, no, I don't really think it is without, you know, getting beat up, which is difficult because it's Florida. But, yeah.
0: This is not really related to the podcast, but did people like actually like beat each other up like in Florida? Because I have
4: nev- never experienced. That. Florida. Yes, Florida. Yes,
3: please explain.
4: When I moved here, I did not expect it to be as like a ag- like aggressively monotone is how I would describe Oregon in comparison to Florida. Because I lived there for thirteen years, and. One, one major thing that I noticed is that teachers would always, at least like one of my teachers a day, would yell at the students if something went wrong. Like yell, aggressively yell. You would hear it probably from outside of the school. And here, I have not been yelled at by a teacher once. And like, you don't even have to be doing anything wrong. They will probably yell at you. And that does not happen here. Also, they fight, they fight over really dumb stuff. Really, really dumb stuff. Like, if you touch someone the wrong way, they'll be like, "Bro, that's sus," and then they'll like literally punch you in the middle of like a D hall hallway, and you don't, you can't do anything about it because you probably die. So
3: it sounds like prison.
4: <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, this one time in my I had just transferred to this middle school. And this was around the time where, like, I think one of my friends had came out to me as bisexual. And I was like, oh, I'm so proud of you, you know, doing, like, that the whole spiel. And, like, I didn't want to tell anybody because I was still trying to pray the gay way at nighttime, even though I didn't believe in God. And, um, (laughs) and... Um, so there was this one kid and, uh, she was like the sweetest. And I think that she, she, everyone knew that she was gay, but she was called slurs quite often and people would use them as like a nickname for her. And I think that she was so used to it that she just kind of went with it. And then one day someone was like, yo, Blake's getting punched at the front of the school. And I was like, hold up, what? Yeah, they, they beat her up. I don't know. Maybe she said something wrong. I'm assuming it was because they were, like, yelling s- while hitting her. So, anyways, I don't go there anymore. I moved across the country. They're a little bit scary. Oh, my God. <laughs> was it, like, <laughs> girls beating her up or guys? Uh, guys. Because they were like, oh, you want to act like a guy? You can fight like a guy. It's weird. Uh, oh, it's my God. The
0: At the beginning we were talking about like how you found out that you were queer and all of you pretty much said from like the internet. And so I know in the last time we recorded this podcast, we talked a lot about micro identities and like how that's really prevalent on the internet and how that can be harmful. So I just want to like hear if you have any experiences with that, like using them or having other people use them and like, if you think that they're harmful or whatever. So I think,
2: it's really interesting because like we're definitely at a generation where it's like being exposed to the internet really like connects a lot of us so it's like you you can see a lot of stuff going on like in the previous generations it's kind of like you found out that you were gay through like very other stuff and you didn't really like meet a lot of other people who are also queer because you know hate crimes and that kind of thing but now I think it's great that we have the internet and that people are like figuring themselves out a lot because it's really making like a better community, so to say, but at the same time, the internet can also be really damaging, like you find out a lot of stuff at a young age when you have on like regulated access to the internet like I had uh, I found out too much stuff as a child that I should not have and well, I'm glad that I had the experience of like finding out like who I am and all of that. There's also like a lot of dangerous stuff. Like, I don't know if any of you guys know the little ditty called Tumblr or fanfiction.net, but I kind of thrived on those. And that's where I found out a lot of stuff. And it also led me to do this really harmful thing called microlabeling, which is a very fun segue I just did. And <laughs> With microlabeling, it's basically just like a lot of hyper specific things to explain like what your sexuality is and all of that, which is good for some people because it's like helping figure out like what you are and it can help people like finally understand like I think the story that most people had is that like when they started and figured out that they were um, LGBTQ plus, they like started microlabeling, like I definitely did. I was like bisexual aromantic or like biromantic asexual something something basically saying that I liked both guys and girls and other stuff but and then like later on they just be like oh I'm bi but for some people it's also really harmful because it's like kind of like hyper specifying like putting yourself into a box and like also trying to define yourself at such a young age and like You feel the need to stick to that. Like, I definitely do, because from a young age, I was like, oh, I'm pansexual, and I just went with that. And now I'm realizing, like, it might just be better to say that I'm bisexual. But I've really, like, identified myself as that for so long that I'm, like, afraid to say differently. And it's just hard, because, like, you feel the need to be a very specific thing. And people change as they grow up. Like, someone, like, might be bisexual and then realize like hey maybe I'm a lesbian and it's really okay to change like what you define yourself as because you're not one set of thing you're an ever evolving person and it's really great that we have the opportunity to like explore what we are.
3: I do think like the micro labeling and the time on the internet for us specifically people like us when you're younger It might just be because you don't have that stable community to like connect with. So you look for that in the internet and that causes more problems. But as Presley said, like I have the constant battle of like, am I pansexual? Am I bisexual? Do I know? Do I care? For the longest time, like the first year I figured out that I wasn't like just straight. Like I had like words to use in seventh grade for once. I was like, I'm queer and that's okay. And then I found out about pansexuality, and I was like, oh, maybe that's what I am. And now I'm, like, actually, like, looking back and reflecting, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'm bisexual. And then there's also, like, the ever-going argument, like, is pansexuality biphobic? And that's, like, a whole other topic that you have to take on with as much respect as possible. But the truth is, you never really know, because you don't have a definite way of measuring that. Because it's not something attraction is not something that you can't measure. So you just have to like kind of move on and live your life the best that you can.
1: I remember in middle school, like I was like so stressed to like find out what my label was. And like I would like stay up like two or three hours a night just thinking like, do I like guys? Do I like girls? And like I just like it was like an extra thing that I didn't need to put on myself. But I remember and like so I settled on like bisexual And then, but then I realized that, like, I didn't really like guys. And so I felt like a fake bisexual for so long. And then I said I was a lesbian. And then I realized that, like, okay, so I've never dated anyone, which is, um, I'm, like, the outlier in this group. But since I've never dated anyone, I don't actually know. So then I was like, wait, but if I'm a lesbian, how do I know if I don't like guys? But then now I kind of just realized, like, I will like whoever I like. It doesn't really matter what I identify as. And, like, feeling nice that the stress has been, like,
0: lifted off my shoulders, finally. I feel like that's, like, a very popular thing with our generation is, like, not labeling things.
4: I like that it's changed. The thing that's happened a lot with me is I will be laying awake at night and I'll be like, boy. And then I'm like, no, 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 don't like boy. Girl, too good. And I just realized I kind of have this caveman mentality where I'm like, love girl. And then I'm like, good boy. But now I'm in a relationship with a girl. So I'm like, lesbian. But then I'm like, bisexual. But then I'm like, I already bought the fucking flag. And we're totally it, So I'm kind of stuck
2: with it oh my god
1: (laughs) has to do with the whole like
3: bisexual pansexual label too because like if you bought the flag you can't exactly return (laughs) the flag anymore (laughs) what are you gonna do
0: what do you think about that the like bisexual versus pansexual like is being bisexual transphobic is being pansexual biphobic
4: very difficult very confusing i for a while just thought that the difference was that like bisexuals like can be you know attracted to non-binary people but some people don't think that and That's i do I, I thought
3: too like when i first like discovered the label of pansexual i was like oh so bisexual people don't like non-binary people yeah so it's just male and female
4: but but then i was brought up with like this definition of pansexual is being attracted to everyone regardless of thinking of gender but then i was also sitting here thinking and you know, i was like well how are you attracted to gender like what does that exactly, exactly right? mean? Like, so it's like... like
3: does, does gender, like, not play into it at all? Like, and then I was like, oh, wait, no, gender does have an impact for me. Maybe I yeah. am bisexual. So I was like, Frick. yeah, <laughs> This makes no sense.
4: In the end, in the most theater way I could say it, every night it's just a too gay or not too gay. And I I do think about this often because being gay, but then, like, imagine, no, <laughs> never mind, I was gonna say Can imagine the power if I was
1: straight.
4: In a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely, I just put a thumb, insert thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. All right, quick. I just, I'm so silly for that. I've totally lost my train of thought. I think I was going to say, sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm straight, and then I see a picture of a girl, and I'm like, wow, wow, and then I'm like, no, but then also, like, men, so, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Education from an Equal, um, I hope you guys all have fun, and nice girls, guys, and gays, and non-binary Bye.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to episode six of season three, education from an equal bold. This is the last official episode of season three, but I'm hoping to release short episodes about various topics intermittently throughout the next year. As always, thank you so much for all of your support throughout season three. It means so much to me. For more information about the podcast, please visit www.educationfromenequal.com. An and remember to follow the podcast on Instagram at education an equal Podcast. See you next time on Education from an Equal.